Welcome to the Football by Football podcast. Let's do it. All right, let's get into it. This is a Real Thing Patriots podcast. I'm Matt Chatham. We've got to go through this train wreck of the game. The Patriots go down to Jacksonville and lose in very ugly fashion. You know, I don't love the excuse that uh, oh, they have a bad one every September. You kind of have to expect it. That's more of a, a fair point in talking about what's going to happen next. It doesn't really excuse it happening in week two, especially in that this is week two. It's not week one. So we saw a year ago really the ugly performance against the Chiefs, and then they come back a little later and look much sharper against the Saints down there in New Orleans. Put one together. Then a ragged one against the Panthers, I believe it was. I don't know if my sequence there is right, but it was really up and down. And unfortunately, I, I you know after going back and watching this thing through, Jaguars, uh, you know, just – did enough to win. They looked really good, but they just capitalized on a lot of blown plays by the Patriots, really both sides of the ball. So I actually thought Calais Campbell's uh, post-game interview was probably one of the best ones out there that you should re-listen to if you didn't catch it. Uh, they, they caught him on the field afterwards, did CBS, and um, you know they were trying to make this into a uh, you know, somehow, I don't know, an exclamation point on, point on what had happened back in the AFC Championship game. He deflected that. Then they wanted to say, you're ready and arrived, and you guys are on to the Super Bowl this year or whatever, and he deflected that. And he kind of made a point that they could be much better. Uh, that wasn't our best stuff. We just did what we had to do today. It was a good week of work. We need to continue to improve. And watching it back, I kind of think that's true for both of these. I think this is a game that when you really go back and study play to play to play all the way through and see the sort of cause and effect of each play, the Jaguars made a lot of mistakes too. Uh, and, and in part, the Patriots took advantage of some of them, but certainly not enough. It's not some glowing Jaguars performance that holds up in a, in a coach's film room as much as maybe on a broadcast. They capitalize on a lot of stuff, but there was a lot of goofiness really on both sides left on the field. So big tip of the cap, obviously, the Jags. They did better. They were much better on that day. Uh, but you also go back and this is where sort of the football part of the football part comes into it. It's not it's not a, a TV show. There's mistakes. You go correct those mistakes. You come back. Those things don't happen again unless the other team counters even better. And that's always sort of the thing that hangs out in the air when we're talking about the Jaguars. They're pretty basic. So their ceiling kind of is what it is. They're going to run that same coverage over and over again. The Patriots did a poor job of capitalizing on it through really the first couple quarters. They figured it out late, and by then it was just too late. And then you had the strip sack, and that, that stopped the little the roll of momentum. Defensively for the Patriots, and here I'm just doing sort of the big sweeping comment stuff before we dive into the game itself. Uh, defensively for the Patriots, they just, man, they executed really poorly. It didn't remind me even so much as the Chiefs game last year. It was more the, that Chiefs game way back when, when it was the whole reevaluate your quarterback thing. I think people remember that as the ugly offensive line performance. This is in Kansas City, by the way. Ugly old line performance, Brady gets hit way too much, but you'll remember in that same game, the defense had all these broken plays and busted stuff and guys running in the opposite direction, uh, you know, guys just running through free and people at home going, what the hell is that? And, and that's really kind of what this game is. You know, felt a little of that obviously on broadcast, but when you watch it back and you're like, oh, well, where's that guy going? Where's he going? Where's he going? You know, that stuff over and over again. Wait a minute. This isn't balanced. This isn't good. 
And again, it's, it's, I still say this has a lot to do with the fact that these guys haven't played that much football together. The idea that they have such a tight little little preseason and they're keeping the top guys from playing many reps together, you can kind of splash it out on week one and go more off athletic ability and just, wow, you stamped right on that particular week's game plan. But the next week's a chess move. The Jags did something different, uh, you know, to see if the Patriots could account for that other than what they'd already seen them that do well against and they didn't handle it well and it's really just as simple as that and fortunately that's what the NFL season is all about is that you get you know 10 12 13 14 of these opportunities and by the time you get in five six or seven you've kind of seen everything and there's only so many new moves you can make but it's really just answering each successive test and this one, bad, you know. So now the Patriots go back and have a week of work. You uh, you realize all these ugly-ass plays are really easily fixable. Why are, why do you have three guys covering a tight end when no one's covering the crosser? I mean, is that because the Jags are awesome and all this stuff and all the, you know, all the, the big-picture sweeping talk stuff, or is that just really bad defensive execution? You could, you could bring a college coach in, high school coaches in, and say, well, you can't do that. And, uh, you know, typically those things get fixed. So when you want to – take those scenarios and have a big conversation about drafting history and who's going to be in the Super Bowl, you know, five months from now, whatever it is. It just, A, has nothing to do with B. That was one performance in, uh, you know, in, in second week of September, whatever it happens to be. And both teams will change considerably from now till they, if they were to meet again. Um, you just hope they make the corrections. So, uh, let's dive into this thing. I uh, want to kind of make sure that this is, you know, we don't have to go play through play here. I'd rather just highlight who I thought played well that is going to get lost in the mess of a, of a bad week and then hammer on some of the stuff uh, constructively of the stuff that just was not good enough. And some of that will be execution. Some will be a bit personnel play, uh, individual play. So let's dive into this. Um, it, it, one of the most Im- bizarre things I thought of this day was Gronk. Rob Gronkowski's usage. Uh, I think it's something, obviously, that they'll go back and look at and they'll regret and they'll wonder, you know, if we had to do this thing again, we let them off the hook quite a bit by leaving Gronk in protection. The very first snap of this game offensively for the Patriots, Gronk is aligned in hip alignment. That just means he's, you know, sort of back hip to hip with a tackle, releases straight out of it, right at Miles Jack, top pick guy, real good player there, now playing in a linebacker. Gronk runs an out route. And easy completion, eight, nine yards, whatever the heck it was. But, you know, this is at the fourteen fifty nine mark of the first quarter. It's the first thing. This is the first thing that happens. And uh, they didn't run that route again uh, or didn't, you know, make an attempt on that route again with Gronk. And to me, that's just I, – I just don't get that, right? I know other stuff kind of happens throughout the course of the game. And they had to make other decisions and make other sort of issues or, and try to account for other sort of holes in the dam. But – that's probably something that you go back in on Monday as this team will and review your film and say, wow, we found something early and didn't return to the well. Now, it's different, and I would be dead wrong in saying this if, you know, say they had turned back to that route and Jack had played it tighter, they'd gotten an incompletion out, or they'd taken Jack off it and put him in a 1-1 situation with maybe Barry Church or one of the safeties or something like that and weren't able to complete it. And you say, okay, well, they they made their chess move and made it so you couldn't complete that. But 
that didn't happen. So I, at least that I couldn't, I didn't find to make a note of it. It's not as if Tom dropped back, tried to complete that same route again, maybe from a different formation and couldn't fit it into Rob. It just didn't happen again. And I don't know why. So that's again, part of the learning process. You never, you don't go out and, and hit a home run every at bat. And I think this was definitely one of those weeks where you, when you're choosing a play offensively or defensively, even special teams, you're choosing that play over dozens of other ones, right? And you don't always pick the right one. So, you know, I think this was a game of choices, both sides of the ball, where they're going to regret a lot of them, and that's what football's all about. So you go back, you practice, 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 fix the ones where the choice you made wasn't the problem, it was the execution of it, and then you also just make different choices next time around. So that's what makes football fun. It's back and forth. They're going to do things, you're going to do things, but if you came away from this game with an impression that the Patriots don't have good enough personnel or, or the coaches suck or the players suck or whatever it is, the hot take nonsense, that's not what here's on tape it's just uh some really nitty-gritty dirt stuff that just has to be better and can be better especially when you're looking at players making those mistakes that just seven days ago didn't so it's really simple as that all right moving on so um I thought this was a little bit frustrating uh because I've been high on the players so we have to be fair in moments where he doesn't play his best Rob uh, Rex Burkhead uh, I didn't think had a great early start to this game and in fairness to that guy he's in concussion protocol all week it's a big deal that he was able to get himself ready to roll and without the live reps and practice that you're getting anyway, but even just the full speed, heavier, you know, Wednesday, Thursday reps. He was in protocol. He comes out. They play him. He gets a couple early snaps, and I, I thought it was just kind of meh runs. Meh. You know, like, okay. You know, but we've seen Rex be much more dynamic. Actually, his best run of the game came, comes later in the fourth quarter, breaks off a 14-yard one that looks more decisive. But early on, they had uh, – you know, well, first run, first carry he had wasn't blocked particularly well at all, so it doesn't give an opportunity to do much. But later on, second and ten in that first drive, it was blocked really well. It was blocked really well. Could have been a big play, and Rex tripped. Uh, you know, I just kind of looked went down from the angle we're getting from broadcast. I can't tell if it was the defender's foot sticking out or tripping on the the pulling uh, offensive lineman out in front of him. But he just went down. Way too easy. Can't have that. Got to have a little better vision, pop through, make that play. So you expect that he will, but on a guy that didn't get full-speed red because you're going through the concussion protocol, that's kind of what happens. That's why we talk about practice being so important. That's why when we're saying, hey, you know, they need a week of work, well, that week of work is timing, and, and a lot of the mistakes you see here are just timing, you know, not not crispness that you need to be a good team that wins this whole thing. It comes down to that stuff so much more than who's got who and all those other uh, hot ticky kind of things. So moving on, uh, this is in that same drive. A nice day here from 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 Hollister. Hollister gets up. Uh, you know he's active now. He has a couple nice plays in the game at times where they needed him as an outlet. They run a little wheel route early. Uh, wheel route meaning he's he's starting on the inside. He runs out, short out, and then up the field. Wasn't accounted for. They're dropping off playing the cover three. He was basically just left alone. Makes a nice completion. Big advancement there. Now the Patriots are first and 10 on the other 40. Things are rolling. Um, this is the play that a lot of Patriot fans are griping out on TV and, or, you know, after watching it live. And I see you on social media when I'm there at Nesson in the studio getting ready to do our postgame stuff. So, yeah, Gronk was held badly by, by Smith on that, on that deep crosser. It, there was no call. I mean, he's grabbing his jersey, he's pulling him. It's plain as day. But, you know, obviously it should have been a flag, but they didn't call it. And I would say in in sort of deference to them not doing it, not calling it, they kind of let stuff go all day. So, I mean, I guess as a defender, I'm going to be okay with that because they're letting you crash in. I guess if you had to go one way or the other, I'd prefer less flags than more. But uh, it is it is a little bit 
suspicious, suspicious, not suspicious as if there's controversy and call, you know, if they're favoring their one team over the other, that certainly isn't the case. But when you get the Jersey dra- grab out in the open on a third down play, and it's pretty obvious like that, you know, it's pretty rare to not throw that. So they should have, I think you can throw that flag and then still go back to the stuff where you're letting the contact go, but maybe not the Jersey pulling, but that does end the drive. Um, I, as you go on here, I would say there was a there was a play that, that you'll see this one. I think I think well, this is the play. I believe this is a play that Brady was referring to in the post game, where he's got third and seven. You look across the, the the protection; it's bad. You know, there's a there's a game to the left, a twist that's not picked up. That's the one that's right in Brady's face. He obviously feels and sees that and turns and just chucks the ball out of bounds. Um, there was. Not great protection to the right of him either. I mean, basically, just there were breakdowns right across the front. But because, and you almost you almost gauge this as if it were a blitz, because a guy pops through so quickly, it's almost as if he's an uncovered guy. Obviously, that's not a good thing. You don't want that. But because they had a route right over center, Cordero Patterson was running this low drag route, you know, Tom appeared to panic just a little bit and turn and toss it up high and out of bounds. Whereas right over the guy that was breaking through the middle on him was Patterson, you know, running this little cross route, crossing route, and would have been a pretty easy completion. Now, again, I'm sitting here in a comfy leather chair, you know, <laughs> doing a podcast, telling you how easy it would have been to see it. I mean, obviously that's that in and of itself is ridiculous. But we're talking about the greatest quarterback ever. I did think that uh, that was a mild mistake on his part. Where yeah, the, the protection in front of him sucked. That's not his fault on that particular play. But I also thought he overreacted a little bit quickly just to throw it into the stands. He actually did have an outlet, and that outlet was a lot like the Patriot mistakes you saw on defense throughout the day. It was that same low crossing route. Nobody covered it for Jacksonville. But because the the, the rush was so good and the protection was so poor, the coverage kind of gets bailed out because they didn't have it there uh, defensively any better than the Patriots didn't have it on that same route themselves You know, in, in later quarters of this game. So... And now after this, Guskowski misses a 54-yard 50 yard field goal, and, and 54 is not a distance where you expect it to make. You're more into that range of 50-50 from that point. But I did think this sort of underscored the risk they were taking in this game. by virtue, And it's not that he missed it. it Guskowski missed it bad. And, you know, I love meat, uh, his friend, uh, but I have to do the whole analyst thing and be fair here. It's different if a guy misses it and, you know, goes wide right, misses the the upright by, you know, a couple feet inside a yard or two or whatever and hooks late. This one hooked right off his foot or or sliced right off his foot right and never had a chance. So in those situations, you just, it was a bad leg swing. It just didn't hit it right. He obviously had plenty of distance. He's got a bomb of a leg. And you see the 40-ish yarder one that he made later when it was a bomb right down the middle. Uh, But if you miss it that badly, it's disappointing because, you know, it's just poor execution. And uh, when you miss at 54, wow, look at the field position that they now get and turn around on you. And that really ended up being the story of that, um, you know, poor protection, just a poor execution offensively, poor special teams execution, uh, a bit of a risk there to take it at that point, and then handing it over, putting it in front of the Pats D, damn near at midfield. So it's third and six, and this is really the, wow, it's going to be one of those kinds of days plays. Third and six, Jags have turned on, now they're on offense, obviously, uh, Brian Flores draws up a perfect blitz. They they're hug they're hug rushing or I, don't know, I shouldn't even say hug rushing. They're they're rushing the fifth, 
And it's Jawan Bentley, who you guys all know that I wrote on at The Athletic, a very uh, glowing piece because that's his play was glowing in week one and also throughout the preseason. But today they really reduced his reps. Uh, this was kind of his early opportunity. We draw one up for you. He, applies, he flies through, but he doesn't come under control and, and just, you know, full or not full excuse me Bortles just gives him a little little nothing a little shake and just goes right by so that's a lesson you got to learn I had one of those early when um I, I was first picked up off waivers uh to, to start Belichick's you know, to start that first season in 2000 and I believe it was you know a couple games in that first uh in that 2000 season and I got put in I made a pretty good rush actually and I'm not a great rusher never was don't ever claim to be, but uh, against the tight end for the Jets, they were down in a red zone situation. I uh, Anthony, what's his name? Anthony Beck was pops out to to block me. I beat Beck, uh, and he's a good blocker. He's a good player. So yeah, feeling good about myself. Oh, I, you know, I want to rush, and I'm heading right at Vinny Testaverde, and all Vinny did was just like duck or just kind of step to the side. I flew right by him. I just looked like an idiot, right? And it was kind of that moment where you know you don't think of it as you would in college, as I think Bentley would, where it's like, hey, man, I'm free. I'm a better athlete. I'll adjust at that last instant. Quarterbacks in this league, there are some, some good athletes. Bortles, you know, he just saw the guy flying him, says whatever, and just stepped to the side. So it's it's a lesson you learn really early on that you just you can't come flying through, especially when you're unblocked and, and not break down. you got to collect and then strike. You can't on the free, you know, on a free stride run kind of thing go through and still expect to get these guys all the quarterbacks, even Brady, is just too athletic, you know, just or, or too savvy, I guess, in Tommy's example, to just sidestep those. And he did. And, and unfortunately, he sidesteps Bentley. It was drawn up perfectly, becomes a nothing play. And Bortles almost throws it right into the chest of Kyle Van Noy. So it ends up being this huge conversion, you know, and there's points that come at the end of this drive where it should have been either a turnover to Van Noy going the other way or a sack and punt. And it just shows you how razor thin you are from like being really bad as the Patriots looked on this day and, and really good like you drew the right play just didn't execute it and then Bortles makes an egregious error to throw right at the whole player which it, it, it looks like he clearly didn't see and gets away with it so you know completion yards box score goes up defense looks bad but your 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 hairs from having this thing going the other way again that's why you go back and practice they'll draw it up in practice if if the the run-through linebacker that gets the call on defense runs through and doesn't break down, then they start to take you out. They start to not play you. And, and in part, I wonder if, hey, we drew that up, up that opportunity for you up in the in the practice week. We called it. You didn't make the play. Maybe at that moment is when they pulled Bentley back and said, well, let's get the more experienced guy in there. And, and again, it's not as if the guy that came in played well either necessarily, down in, down out. But that's some of, I think, the thinking process that goes into, into these things when things aren't going well. So anyway um, – here's really one of the things that that I think was an overwhelming theme here. Uh, it's the Corey Grant stuff, and I've been tweeting about this uh, on Monday morning. Uh, I, and when I watch this thing back, the way I do this is it's it's not really spreadsheets, just sort of a running tally. But I, on every play, I try to, you know, I watch back every play, and I make a note, and usually end up with somewhere between six, seven, eight notes on little individual matchups that happen in the play, things that caused it, things that were good, things that were bad. And then you go back through and highlight each one where the one thing you want to talk about that was the most important thing there. Corey Grant to me is a guy that just pretty much won about every rep he took. So tip of the cap. Now we talked about him a lot in our little Nesson pregame show, 
uh, the Nesson pregame chat that was on on, on Nesson.com and uh, on the Facebook Live page and pregame there. And we'll continue to do that through the year. We try to highlight a guy that we think could really be a factor. And we talked a lot about Grant and really needing to account for him. And I was a little bit shocked, a little bit disappointed to watch the defense not account for him better. And what I mean by that is chip him, right? It, and the backs usually chip the ends themselves, but you can, the phrase the, the, the defense often uses, hammer him or nail him or something like that, where in, instead of just diving into your rush, if that guy's that good, if that guy's that slippery out in space, if even the safeties and defensive backs have that much trouble getting him down, you need to get him out of the quarterback's read. You need to pound him right away. And in this first drive, there's one of those Grant leakout plays. He comes out late. Uh, I think I see Dante Hightower right next to him, uh, right near him. Dante Hightower's rushing on the inside of the line, and he becomes just too preoccupied with his rush against the guard that, that really doesn't go anywhere, in all honesty. And instead, just give a chicken wing, give a hit to Grant, and it derails him and at least takes uh, Bortles' eyes off of him. But not to do that and just to stick into a rush that's not going anywhere, it, it just becomes not good team defense. So, um, and, and it hurts your partner. So Kyle Van Noy is the one who's on in, in coverage on him, but Kyle doesn't want to leave the middle of the field. He's kind of that low hole player or low match player to anything that leaks. So for him to run across and vacate that area, that creates a hole that, you know, maybe another route coming in behind him. So you'd like him to be able to stick and hang as long as he possibly can. But to do that, you need help from your buddy. You need help from the other player. So, uh, yeah. That's just it was a one example of many on the day where there wasn't a lot of great coordination between players. Linebacker to linebacker, safety to defensive back, or safety to inside corner, safety to linebacker, defensive end to defensive tackle. Just the the two man game that really goes on throughout a football game, uh, and that's practice. That's getting better. And these guys, as we mentioned, haven't practiced a lot together. It, it clearly looked as if uh, the the Jags were a month ahead, a month ahead of where they'd be. And I think part of that is it's a group that's worked together more. You know, they don't have as much turnover. We just mentioned the one Sam linebacker that was different uh, for the Jags and uh, one defensive back. But by and large, that's that's essentially the same crew. So you, that's where the experience together really pays off. And you could see it very obvious on this day. Uh, this is on that same drive where, where uh, unfortunately, Trey Flowers gets injured. He had, he had won a rush early. He wins this rush as well. Keontae Davis has a nice rush. These are always scary, guys, when uh, you know both edge rushers win and they're diving in at the quarterback at the same time and heads are down. It, it's just natural. It happens that way. But it's sort of the unfortunate timing of things. And, and Trey Flowers, when he went out, there's no score on the board. You know, the, the, And I think as you watch back through this thing and you watch the, the end that comes in for him, the answers they had – just weren't as good, you know. They they did not get anywhere near the production out of the positions they normally do with Trey. Trey is the biggest disruptor they had on that defensive front, and when he took him out, the front was worse. It just was, and and you saw throughout that day where there wasn't enough winning one on one, and the and the guy that came in and played where Flowers was, and it hurt him. It really did, and and you know it's just unfortunate that happened. It was concussion protocol. I think as I saw it too, it looked neck, neck maybe, but you know, he, he just went motionless and, uh, you know, you, you pray he's okay. You hope he comes out of this thing. Okay. But those are scary plays. And obviously losing your best defender is or your best defender in the front is, is not, not, not a good sign. Not, it's going to make it for a tough day against a group like that. So then you have the touchdown to Moncrief, um, 
you know, you just got to give the other team credit. Really, really nice throw by Bortles. I thought the net, the best thing Bortles did on this day was his, his deep ball accuracy. His stuff outside the numbers where he's throwing a pattern ball, throwing it up high. He, he hit that ball, whatever it was, three, four, five times, and, and, and really were dropping in the bucket kind of throws. He's very good at that. And the Patriots did overall a poor job of making him uncomfortable so that those throws were off balance, getting him into to sort of recess time where, where he makes mistakes. Uh, on a lot of these throws, it's just back, looks comfortable, stepping into it. And that's less about the edge pressure and more about the front, and we'll get into that stuff later. But really nice throw there to Moncrief. Gilmore is tight to it. He does glance back and then look again. I'd say they're they're obviously going to coach him up on his technique there. I thought that because of the glance back, when he chose to do it, by the time he turned his eyes around, he didn't collect himself to, to raise and go with that thing. I think in part he could have stuck with it and then – timed back his jump on on when the other guy raises his hands or just not look back at all and just go play through the pocket but it wasn't bad coverage but the technique wasn't perfect and uh with an excellent throw like Bortles made Moncrief makes a nice play you get yourself a touchdown so overall since we're touching on him I thought Gilmore actually had a pretty decent overall day of coverage especially with the punch out uh but on that particular play not great but at least you see this uh, of a situation where the guy that's getting beat, it's not as if he's two yards behind or he's just getting smoked. We know there are other ones of those in the game. We'll talk about that particular situation later. But, uh, you know, it, sometimes they win one. They're good, too. And that's always a very, very important to remember. Um, another thing is about just, uh, well, let's, let's we'll go to the other side of the ball here first. So, you, you now get the Patriots back on offense, and this is sort of the the unwrap Sony Michelle series. You got a seven yard outside hook; he's extended for the formation. They make a play, good play there by him. Michelle looks like he can do some stuff. Third and one now. This this particular drive gets to third and one. Way too much penetration. Can't get a yard. Bad, bad, bad. This was terrible. Uh, there are like three guys in the backfield, and and these are really these are really the moments where I go, man, why did they sneak it? Why don't they shift motion, whatever, get the front to just settle for a second and Tom plow forward. They actually did that later, but I thought in this moment with that big old penetration front and the really good players they have across that line from from Campbell to, to Darius to Ngakwe, really the, the, the edge guys and Fowler. I mean, everyone across that line can get penetration and also is really good power players. You don't want a play that takes a couple seconds to develop just to get a yard. It has to be a quick hitter. Almost like a fullback dive is better than a full turn and going to a quarterback or going to a, a running back. Just don't love that play call in that situation, especially when Brady is so efficient. I, I can't remember the last time we've seen him get stopped on a sneak. I just thought that was a missed opportunity there. Obviously something they'll they'll rethink again the next time. They had a situation similar later, and they did sneak it. So it, think, it makes me think that they already did rethink that deal. So uh, great – there's a punt. Unfortunately, the, the the drive is done there for the Patriots. Solid coverage though on the punt. Real big ball by Allen, and Jawan Bentley makes an actual makes a tackle on space. Nice play there by the young guy rookie. Had an open field tackle to make. Made it on their returner. Now you get to third and six. We're going to sort of advance this advance this uh, next series here a little bit to the stuff that was the worst, and it was poor by Adrian Claiborne. And, and again, I was. I'm as responsible as anyone for pumping him up. I think he's a very good player. I think he'll I think he does have to learn though how to play in the New England system and this was a day where he did way too much of the upfield past the quarterback stuff. Yes, it's an air quote win. You're bidding the tackle, you're around him, but if you're around him behind the quarterback, they hate that here. 
it may be something that they're more okay with in Atlanta, that they're more okay with in, in other places he played, and, and Tampa was the other one. But sometimes you're allowed in other systems to get behind the quarterback as the edge guy because they're doing different things with the tackles in front of him. They're mirroring it more. Maybe they're mirroring it with an off-the-ball guy uh, at the linebacker position or safety or something like that. If you're doing that, then it's okay to be upfield past the quarterback. If you're not and you're just playing a straight four, you can't do it. You absolutely can't do it. It kills you. And I think we actually alluded to this uh, on either the, the, the game broadcast uh, with uh, Sports Hub stuff for the pre-game, preseason games or maybe it came up in a column. I don't know what it was that I did with The Athletic. But I, I know I talked about this front stuff a lot. And we had kind of noted, you know, Claiborne's getting some rushes here that are really good for this particular quarterback, but it'll be bad if you have a guy that takes it down quickly against Bortles. And I, I thought it was overall relatively rough for him. But I say that. And I started, as I watched this thing, I started to think, but Claiborne still deserves a role. Not deserves, but I think has a place in this defense. I think he's the big that moves inside, the medium size. Uh, this is a game where the penetration from the interior people was pretty poor defensively throughout the day. Uh, I, I thought I thought Malcolm Brown just really lost his one-on-one battle with the guards. Uh, Norwell uh, for Jacksonville really had his way with him. Uh, at many points in the game, other guard, center, just whoever was going guard to guard on the interior rushing wasn't getting much done, save for Adam Butler. Adam had some good stuff going on inside. And to me, I think that makes them have to rethink the, ro- the rotation of personnel. I think, uh, I think Adam Butler is the guy that deserves a bigger role. I, I think uh, I, I think less so of, of Malcolm Butler being a – excuse me, of Malcolm Brown being a, a, a wire-to-wire guy. He, he's good, but – I just think they get to a point where if you're not getting push, if you're not putting their guards and centers three and four and five yards in the backfield like the other teams are doing to you, then you got to look for someone who can. Uh, or you have to push that guy to say, hey, you need to be there or you're not helping us. When you're dancing at the line of scrimmage, it's just it's just not super helpful. So uh, I, think they're, I think this game coupled with you know some of the injury potentially to Flowers is going to make them have to rethink who they put there out on the field, there was not enough winning on the inside, and it really, really hurt what they were doing. And you hate to have to then accommodate with that with, you know, pressuring linebackers, pumping them up in the line just to get someone into the quarterback's lap. When you're having to overcompensate that way, you're causing more problems for the defense than you want. So I did think if I came away from this group and said, hey, defensively, here's where they are going to have to be better, uh, Lawrence guy does a nice job. He's probably one of the most consider- consistent inside push guys. Couple him with Adam Butler. I actually think that's your best one too. And maybe Adrian Claiborne is an interior rusher because you're not going to get upfield to pass the quarterback from in front of the lap from the inside. He's strong enough to be strong enough and quick enough to do the dual role. I, I think again, this is a, a week where you you kind of rethink where you put guys based on the performances ahead. And if for some reason Flowers is down, I think Derek Rivers has got to come up. He just gets he's just he's 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 good enough to go out there and win a one on one. And you're starting to need to see those guys. So now all of a sudden that depth gets tested. I've thought it was great. I you know I think they've got good enough guys, very good guys. I mean, all the work they did in week one doesn't somehow go away. But Dietrich Wise looks banged up here with the hand, and it wasn't a good week for him, as good as he was throughout camp, as good as he was in week one. Uh, not as many wins from him in this particular game. And then he looks like he hurt something, breaks something, dislocates something, maybe in a hand. And you can play on with those. We'll, we'll see as the 
injury report goes through the week what that is. But uh, you know they've they're going to have to rethink their rush personnel. I think they've got the guys in house. It just might be a little bit better configurations to get that thing resolved. Um, moving on here, this is you know this is hard to sort of figure out with a recommendation and coaches say this all the time it's tough for you to make a recommendation about what you should be doing if the choice they made was just so bastardized the way the way the call was supposed to be run and I think there's a lot of this uh and you know you there was that one offensive series where you see on tv Tom Brady's over on the sidelines screaming at people about do your job then McDaniels comes over he's screaming that Patriots series you know Sony Michelle's out in a check down, second and seven, wide open, and kind of stops on the route. So that's a young guy not knowing how to run the route exactly how Tom had wanted it. He's leading him into the route, would have made for a big play. He stops. That's just the inexperience of working together, you know. And and they say it that you're not. A, it's not an excuse that you're a rookie. You're expected to run it just as good as the vet if we're willing to put you in there. And that really kind of killed the drive. Instead of being a first down there, now you're at third and seven. A really uncomfortable situation to be against a really good uh, Jacksonville defensive front that can get after you. And uh, later on in this series here, for some reason, uh, Trent Brown blocks down and uh, in pass protection. He blocks, blocks down, so Campbell, who's playing at the end over him, just go straight to the quarterback. And <laughs> you want this giant 6'8", whatever Calais Campbell is, straight to the quarterback with only the running back in protection. You're going to expect a little back to cut down that monster. It's it's just bad design. You can't do that. It's, I mean, it isn't the design. It, it was just a blown pickup at the left tackle position there. So when they're coming over there and Brady just tosses it away, as you expect and do, um, you know, now they're at third and – whatever later in the thing and it's sort of just throwing a throwing a series away that's when they come over to the sideline and you know there have been multiple mistakes within that same series and they crap it away it has kind of a cluster f kind of feel and that's that's when you see the blow up and again that becomes less about who's good who's bad who's got better personnel and just about football play execution you know football pickup execution it's way different if Every guy's on the right guy, and then your guys are just getting blown back. Blown back. That's when you say, "Hey, they're better than us." This is where it's like mentally. What are you doing? That's you know, you're blowing the play. So it's really hard to evaluate anything from there. So from that series, and I think this is when I noticed the change happening. That's when you started to see Gronk kept in more in protection. Probably the idea that well, we don't want them making these choices about who to pop out to, who to slide to, who to just you know make sure that we're one for one for one. We're going to have the extra body in. We're going to have the extra thing to ensure that we don't screw it up. And I, I really do think that drive prompted more Gronk inclusion in the protection, which sucks. You don't want to have to do that because it takes out your best offensive weapon out there in the pattern. He just wasn't out in that pattern enough, uh, in, in my view, on Sunday. And that bails out the defense and the Jacksonville defense. And, you know, you, you don't suspect that that's how it would happen if they do it again. But uh, you hate to, to see them have to overcompensate compensate that way, and they did. So Pat's defense is now back on the field. There's a bad edge by Keonta Davis, who had some nice rushes earlier, but just a, a bad job of holding the edge there. And uh, it's an easy 10-yard run. I believe that was for Grant, just right around the edge. Big, big, huge, over 10-yard run right on first down. So it's just way too easy. And, and again, it goes back to that whole do-your-job thing. Hold the edge, stay outside of it. No matter what, it doesn't get outside of me. Press, hold, and don't let the the run release to my right if you're playing right end 
didn't do it. So, you know, it was just one of those days. And we've seen Davis set some really nice edges in the, in the game a week before. But bad execution, don't get it done. Uh, and bad things happen against that defense. So uh, you get the uh, you do get an illegal hands in the face on Norwell. I guess this was his one negative play. That's the, J- the Jags uh, offensive guard there in the inside. Really big dude, monster of a man, was playing really well in this game. Uh, he got the he got the illegal hands of the face on uh, against Adam Butler, I believe it was, and that made it third and long and kind of bails them out of that drive. So again, we're still modest here with the way things are going. Um, still, I believe this keeps it at seven to nothing. Now Pats are back on offense. D- Dorsett gets a hitch. Hollister gets a hitch. Brady gets a sneak. First down. Okay, good sequence. Patterson is a running back. Man, Patterson is a running back. The handful of times they put him in that spot, Corderell Patterson, looked really effective. He was actually pretty good in that role. Uh, and I don't know. It's something we may see sneak up in there more. Very great, you know, very nice urgency. Hitting the hole quickly. Good vision. Explosive. Big guy. Man, I think you might see more of that, especially if your, your backs are a little banged up, if there are concerns about Burkett's head. Michelle, the you know how comfortable are you with him giving him the entire role? James White's great as the compliment, pass catching back, but I don't know, man. The Patterson run plays look pretty good. I think it'll be tempting not to include those more as part of the regular offense. Um, now you're you. This is also the drive where Gronk Gronk had his catch and release, this check and release, that accounts for the second catch and 15 yards. That's it for the day. So it's not as if he was targeted and it didn't work several other times. I think there was a lot of this was just by omission, leaving him in, in protection or the red zone stuff when he was out there and he's getting double and he's just be, you know quickly out of Tom's read. But it was a frustrating day, I think, from that where I think you have to create plays for him. I think you have to – you know, you see Jackson on the other side, pick routes and all this kind of stuff just to get Gronk open. I, I think in retrospect you do this deal again. Uh, against anyone, it doesn't have to be Jacksonville. You got to find ways to get Gronk open. You can't just rely on them. You know, if they double him, he's done. You can't do that. Move this guy around. Get the ball in that big man's hands. Stress the other side. Uh, I think that's something that they'll they'll try to change next time they go out. Um, one of the things I tweeted out, and I wanted to make you aware of this. If if you haven't seen it on Twitter, maybe look back up my feed at Chatham fifty eight. There was this is one of those plays that. It's just really symbolic, I guess, for the day. Uh, it was this tunnel sort of, and uh, I say tunnel, basically you're on the snap of the ball, you're moving a wide receiver from one side of the ball all the way back behind the line to go out and catch a flat route on the other side. It's it's meant to kind of you know force the defender to go through a bunch of traffic, not make it through, and maybe pick him off a little bit with his own people or maybe the other routes advancing on the other side of the ball. But... Uh, and then just quickly throw this to the to the to the receiver at like full speed. Hit Dorset on the run. You know it's set up really nice, but they're cutting at the right end. So La Adrian Waddle is the right tackle. They're going to just cut the right end, but Waddle out of his stance takes a big kick step and then shoots forward uh, to cut down the end. But by virtue of coming out of his stance with that big kick. He makes Dorsett have to almost stop, start, you know, bow his route, go around it, and the play's dead. And and that, to me, was one of those examples of, wow, this is just ugly. This is like, you know, the stuff that gets coached out in practice throughout the course of a season. Like, you can't do that. You can't take a back step when somebody is tunneling behind you for a very game plan specific play. If the timing's off there, even just a tick, the play's dead. So take a peek at that play, and to me, that's an example of, 
I don't know, you want to have a hot take conversation about people who drafted in certain places and who was signed in free agency and who's better than who in speed and age and blah, blah, blah. That, that has nothing to do with it. It's just a real obvious technical error that if it's not there, the result of the play is entirely different. So that's frustrating. That's a straight football point and a straight football problem. And uh, it's fixable. suspect they will, but it's frustrating to watch it happen, uh, you know, in a game that matters as much as this one did. Um, moving on here, uh, this is, you know, on that same exact, uh, sequence here of plays on that same drive, you throw the fade to Corderell Patterson. It's out of bounds. It ends up being a field goal. It's just a bad sequence. It seems like a whole waste. Gronk gets doubled on that play and you look elsewhere and just bad football. So again, they're going to have to reconfigure this thing. We're now at 14 to three after the field goal, the Pats defense, uh, can't cover the low crossing run. I don't know what this is. This becomes the this becomes really sort of that uh, the sort of telltale drives. The way this thing got so out of hand early, got up to twenty one to three. It's just bad. It's and again, this is something a lot like a year ago with both Carolina and Kansas City. One particular route con- concept hits for them. Maybe once you can expect that, but hits multiple times and isn't picked up correctly multiple times. It's just kind of one of those head-scratcher kind of situations that, you know, coaches are going to be really mad about it. They're going to go back and watch it and say, well, if you guys can't adjust on the fly, if you guys can't communicate with one another and pass these off, we're just going to have to give you a much more basic call. And that's kind of what the NFL season's all about, figuring out what they can handle. You know, you want to be frustrated about the fact that they couldn't handle that. It's not as if they hadn't been shown a crossing route through the course of practices and, and preseason games and even the prep for these two weeks. But they blew it this time. So they'll have a decision to make this week. They know that obviously Detroit's going to go back and look at that and probably run that route concept over and over and over again to see if they've got it. In this game, they didn't. They just blew it and uh, did not look good. Uh, it is what it is. Bad offensive series follows from that. Really a go-nowhere series. Pat's defense is back out on the field. And this is – now we're into the second half here, folks. Hopefully that was obvious. But uh, the uh, – I'll, I'll allude to it. Let me do this. See if I can do this in 10 seconds time. The, uh, the Safarian Jenkins, the Austin Safarian Jenkins touchdown wasn't a legal pick. It was illegal as hell. Uh, Patrick Chung just got ran straight into it. It should have been called. It was blatant. Uh, and I, as an analyst, you have to mention that. I mean, it's not saying that all these other problems we're talking about were because of calls, but that was a call that should have gone the other way. It did change the points would have gone up on the board 24 to three. Now uh, there was actually a hold. Uh, I'm sorry. That's, what are we talking about? No, I'm on the wrong. I'm I'm screwing up drives here. But the, I'll just simply allude to the overall point of the illegal pick thing. It happened twice in the game, and it they just weren't calling it. I don't know why. Um, and personally, as a defender, I, I think I've talked about this for you guys if you listen to the podcast over the last several years. I, I don't like that the illegal pick thing even is a call because I don't like having to determine if he's at the yard beyond the line of scrimmage or not. It'd be easier if you just know it's never a foul or it's always a foul. It kind of keeps it from being this limbo situation where you don't know if you should be passing this off to your other defender or if you should be playing around it and, you know, trying to get underneath the pick. Um, you do see some of that indecisiveness here and, you know, Chung looks around like, what the hell? I just got picked. Um, that's obvious. Like he just crashed into me five yards into the pattern. You can't do that but they let it go. So again, does fit the theme earlier that we talked about in the first quarter where they're letting them do the super contact stuff. Uh, but later on now here, we're into the second half and you do get the Gilmore punch out. Harmon recovers it. That was a huge play. Uh, 
you get the Brady scramble on the next offensive series on third and six for the first down. Really nice job by Tom and something I love to see him do. I think they're protecting the quarterbacks when they take off. So I don't think there has to be concerns about him getting hurt or in, hit or injured. They're being really tentative and, and players aren't going to be willing to tee off on Tom Brady running. I don't think that'll get you ejected in a hurry when one would presume, but I like that Tom was willing to do that at some points. It really helps, you know, helps them respect that you may do that from time to time. It was a big conversion. He's obviously a big-time player. This is a moment where things are going bad the other direction, but he, he pulls it down, gets a big conversion for them. Sony Michelle uh, gets a nice run up the middle, uh, makes this second and one. Now you're down on like the 10-yard line or so. And then it's Brady Hogan, touchdown from the right slot. Gronk is aligned left to the other side. He gets double. That's good. Let them soak up that coverage. And Hogan does a nice ride on the inside. It's just too good. It's it's really tough to defend that from outside leverage. Hogan beats his man. So if the thesis here was that, oh, the Patriots don't have receivers who can get open one-on-one, that, that's, a, that's a beater of that particular narrative. Uh, Hogan did a right, really nice job against their better defensive back, just blowing by him in the red zone. Good stuff. Good play. It's in there. It's in the tank. We just didn't see a, a, enough of it, obviously, on the day. But very good sequence there overall for the Patriots offense. Defense gets a hold now, right after that, a hold. In other words, a, a stop. Another good series from them. Uh, starting to creep back in here, but obviously we're talking about a 24-10 hole, so they put themselves behind the eight ball to begin with. There's the big white screen that starts this thing's off, thing off, and uh, now you're at the far 31-yard line. It's fourth quarter now, and this is the day. This is the day in a play. Third and four, Patterson, Cordero Patterson's wide open. They had this little screen set up to him back pedals bizarrely out of it and falls down i just i'm sitting there watching going what is this and he's been so impressive and so athletic and other stuff but that's just one of the ones where you're on the sideline you're you're josh you're probably hitting yourself on the head with the clipboard bill you're you're mumbling something to yourself like what we just can't get anything right today you know and that because there were several moments throughout this day even when they were screwing things up and pre plays previous they had it set up to actually still succeed and it was just personal physical errors that's not someone else making you fall down that's just you falling down so yeah one of those days you just hope that it stays that way an isolated incident or a, a day of isolated incidents i guess um that's a conversion in points it's a really bad flub killed, killed the momentum that they did have going in that moment it reminds me a little bit of that brandon cook's leap in the super bowl you remember Play set up really nice for them. Uh, they're, they're flying down the field, and Brandon Cooks on the little reverse decides to try to jump over the defender as opposed to just going forward. You know, why Corderell's backpedaling into this route instead of just stopping, catching, and falling forward? I don't know. It's just he chose a different sort of technique that, you know, isn't really what they coach you, the best I, best I recall or best I know. So. Uh, anyway, uh, a physical choice that, that makes for a drive killer, and it ends up being 24-13 now instead of 24-17. you got 14 minutes to go. So, again, as ugly as it's been, you're still sitting in that position going, well, it's not over, as bad as they've been. Now, this was really interesting, and I think this is worth highlighting because at least – gives a glimmer of hope that they actually know how to fix this. They fixed it a year ago. It, it sucks that it came back up again, but this handling of the crossing routes coming out of stacked receivers or crossing routes coming out of some other confusion point on one side of the field, you know, pop across the ball to the other side, and no one's covering them, and you're going, what the hell? Well, on this particular interception, you guys obviously will remember this play. This is the Kyle Van Noy interception. Uh, they adjusted to the crossing route. That play actually was a crossing route play. 
Jonathan Jones came off of his crosser, pass, passed it off, turns it over to Devin McCourty. Devin takes the crosser over. Jones rolls out of the route he was originally on. Now he's a free player in the middle. He tips the pass. Uh, that pass goes up, and the pass is intended back to the middle of the field to the tight end. Jones tip, puts it up in the air. Kyle Van Noy dives, makes the play. Interception, yay. And that's like exactly how you're supposed to pass off and play those crossers. So the point in all that is they, they clearly know how to do it. Um, they just weren't sharp enough in all the other moments. So, again, that's the one you look back to and go, okay, clearly they're able to do this. So any you know week of talk about can they is answered in that play. They just need to do it more consistently. So moving forward here, you've now got the ball in the Jacksonville 25. Great opportunity. Here you roll. They're going to come back, right? Right? No, not today. Bad, bad offensive series. Nothing going on the first two plays, and the strip sack comes next. So uh, two nothing doing plays, and I don't. I have a hard time blaming Brady on this one. You know, he he sounded a little hard on himself that you have to feel the pressure and all that, and he's got to do a better job ball security. Uh, Waddle just doesn't get enough on the guy. Off the edge. My my original live time guess tweet or whatever was that Waddle wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. I mean, he's pushing him by at about eight and a half, almost nine yards. I'm like, oh, that's you know, you're getting some depth out of Fowler, but Fowler's hips clear, clear of the tackles, just too easy. You can't have that. Um, and the issue I saw live was that hey, you know, you need you're getting way too much pressure or, or push in front of him. The thing we talked about, the Patriots defensive front wasn't getting. From the two guard posi- or from the two tackle positions, they're just moving the center and two guards too deep, so that when Tom steps up, or or he looks at that, doesn't feel he has the 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 knee, the the room to step up. He doesn't stands, holds it out, and gets it stripped off him. So those pieces are complementary; they work together. You know, you you gotta have a firm pocket in front of Brady. So in the event that somebody gets up and gets deep and get, starts to get around that corner, he can slide step forward. There are too many times today, or excuse me, on Sunday, where he just didn't have the space to do what he needs to do to prevent that from happening. Yes, the ball security can be better, but if you're talking about that, you're talking to him just taking it down immediately. You don't want your quarterback to have to do that. You want him to be able to have room to slide and move and reset. So back here again, now you're, the, the defense is back on the field. They force a midfield punt. That's actually pretty good. This is the one with the, uh, the Gilmore-Bortles collision on third down. Third and long, uh, Bortles takes off. Both guys lower their helmet. Uh, you know, Bortles looks like Earl Campbell. He's dropping his helmet right down to the defender. As a defender, I have no idea what the heck he can do. Gilmore looks like he, his head's clearly dropped, but it's because he's trying to cut tackle him. You know, you just don't know what he's going to do. Is he going to slide? Is he going to fake slide? Is he going to go? And this time the quarterback actually drops his head like he's a fullback. No penalty on either of those. It's the, it's the great example that tells you that the NFL was never serious about this rule once they realized how foolishly it was written. That would have garnered, by virtue of the way it's written, a penalty on both guys. Maybe an ejection. You know, they had the right to do it on either of the guys. You're going to see them eject Blake Bortles the way he would played in that moment because he dropped his head? No. Technically, could they have? Yes. Does that mean the rule is way too arbitrary? Yes. Could you have also thrown the flag on, on Gilmore? Yes. Are these all way too many options? This isn't a political poll on Twitter. It's it's supposed to be football, something that happens definitively in the moment, rules that, that govern it. That's just not what's happening. So this is why I think that whole thing was so stupid and why they've obviously steered away from it and hope no one noticed. But we did. Now, anyway, Pats are backed up. This ends, and this drive here uh, after that punt uh, ends on the white challenge play. James makes the catch out in the flat, makes a nice move. 
wish he'd have plowed forward on that instead of going for the dive early. It's really close. They made the correct call in challenging it. They also made the correct call in reversing it. His knee is down just before the reach. So I understood that one. But it, it seemed as if they had something going there. So that was a bit of a killer. Maybe he could have, James could have done just a little bit more to keep balance and make sure that he got over that line as opposed to going into the dive where you're then, you know, your leg may drag and you don't intend it to do so. Um, so here we are. Patrick D is back on the field. And this to me was. You know, we talked about a lot of other plays that were sort of symbolic. This one's just more embarrassing. This was really, really bad. I tweeted a picture out of this one. This is the Westbrook big touchdown. These are the ones that really incense coaches. These are the ones that you're you're fearful as a player if you were involved in any way on that play that you're going to go back in and have to face the coaching staff on this one because you, as I the snip I put up on on my Twitter feed. So if you want to check that out at Chatham fifty eight, you'll see the clip where it's one of these low crossing routes. Uh, and it's the crossing route's kind of coming from the far side, top of your screen if you're watching TV. Uh, Westbrook's coming across the formation low. He's coming behind the tight end who's up the field. But you have three defenders collapse and, and go towards this five-yard hook route on you know on a on an end down of like ten yards or something. Three people have grabbed the attention of this tight end on a short route, and no one covers the low crosser. So you just you know, three on one that should be a lower priority route and zero on the most important aspect that has actually killed you earlier in the game. And as I mentioned earlier, on the big interception, you've done better on it. So that's bad. It's just bad football. And uh, I think beyond just the easy completion that's embarrassing, then the effort after and the execution after downfield to get him on the ground was poor. One of the defensive backs is along the sideline there. It kind of just lets himself get turned. It should have been just an ugly first down. Ends up being an ugly touchdown. So, yeah, those those plays suck. Yeah, you hope you could just scrub the internet of them and never have to go face them again. But you do, and hope you learn from them. So, there's a lot of people on that play that that need to do better, and they'll get coached hard. And hopefully, that kind of identical scenario never ever ever comes up again. And if it does, that's when jobs slide. <laughs> Other guys come up. If you're you're going to play it like that, then. And the, there's going to be a guy waiting behind you that can hopefully do it better and typically does. Now, Patso series here. We're starting at like the seven-ish minute mark. It's 31-13. It's gotten ugly. Feels like it's potentially – oh, cell phone there in the background. Sorry about that, folks. Feels like it's potentially going to go the wrong way here. And you start to see really some of the Patriots' best offensive work. And that's going to be disappointing because, you know, they had – they had moments that they didn't capitalize on early to extend drives to get into this stuff. And now you're down, you know, what looks to be an insurmountable part. But they score so quickly, it's that, wow, where was this earlier? And the one point I want to make here is that if if you're watching this game and you're saying, wow, you know, Jacksonville by and large dominated the action up to this point. So maybe they're just letting off a little bit and playing some, you know, maybe the offensive success that happens here at 31-13 is more from prevent or something like that. I'm sure you heard that phrase. It really isn't, and here's why. Because Jacksonville runs what they run. They're right back into the exact same coverages and basic fronts. They were never really pressuring much before. They're just running what they run. So they're continuing to run what they run, and the Patriots have essentially cracked the code, figured out what works better, but they've just cracked it too late, or at least they've begun to execute too late. You get a nice run by Burkett, his nice run of the day, really good stuff there, 14-yarder breaks it off. Downfield in, cut the door set, big downfield completion. And again, sort of if you're – if your understanding or opinions on the on the on the day are that 
the issues were Dorsett and Hogan not getting open one-on-one enough. Well, Hogan's got two touchdowns, both in one-on-one coverage. Uh, Dorsett has several of these downfield completed routes. Not enough of them, obviously. The offense never got going with you know consistently extending drives. But there are enough of these examples where these defensive backs, Boye, Ramsey, real good players, are out there, the ones in coverage near these guys, and they're popping open for completions, big plays. So it happened late, just didn't happen enough early on. Patterson screen here, big play, big, big play. One of the more impressive offensive plays of the day. Well-designed, well-executed. Patterson gets it out. It was like second and 16. I don't recall why it was backed up, but ends up getting 18 yards or something like that on the screen. Got in the hands of a guy who can make a play, makes a play, blocked well-designed well, good call. And then the very next play, and this is cool. This is cool offensive football. Uh, Brady turns and looks to Patterson. He's just had the big screen play, sort of like a look off as if it's going to be a swing. They react just a little bit, safety cheats, and Hogan is off and going on an end cut, drills Hogan, big touchdown. So it's just like a bing, bang, boom. Wow, that's Patriots football. There you go. Now you're at 31 to 20. Great drive. And Jacksonville, again, didn't change anything defensively. That wasn't against a prevent defense. That was just finally getting things to click. Too late, though, unfortunately. So Pat's defense now here on the next thing. As I mentioned, that thing started at the seven-ish minute mark. And I know, obviously, Patriots fans are very disappointed with the the action to that point. But there was still a very good opportunity, as bad as things had been, to win this thing. But the Pat's D on the next series uh, really just sort of sealed the deal. And this is unfortunate. I'm not bad-mouthing the guy because I'm a big fan of Dietrich Wise. I think he's a very good player. He's got a bright future in this league. He's done some good things in his young career already. But this was a play where uh, an injury that he happened in play just affected the outcome. And it's just dumb luck. It's an outlier performance, as I like to call him. This is not something you'll ever see again this season, at least. Uh, They flushed the quarterback nicely. Now the rush has kind of started to pick up a little bit. Bortles steps right up into what would be uh, Dietrich Wise's gap. And the the rundown plays are what we've seen him do so well. His length, his athleticism, his ability to really chase those plays down. He's the guy who's right there. It's designed well to have him make the play. And it looks like he's broken something or dislocated something or banged up something. And the one guy who's in the hole that needs to be the one to make the play is the one that got hurt. And Bortles scrambles for a first down. And uh, the next one is really, the, and that's just like, oh, you know, that's a, that's a nail in the coffin. And then here, kicking the coffin into the to the to the to the hole and piling dirt on it is is Corey Grant out in space. And again, I I started with the Corey Grant point. We'll end with a Corey Grant point. He makes three guys miss and ends the game. Um, just not a great day there for some of the guys that were involved trying to get him on the ground. So what that 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 concludes the game. Let's go with sort of the the takeaway thoughts here. I think defensively, if you're going down the list of guys who just had really bad days and are not going to have to pick it up and play better, I think Eric Rowe obviously had a rough go. Uh, And although he was tight on those two early completions and they were still fit in there, after giving up the tight completions, then he was not tight to several routes. And they just started to feed Cole, knowing that, that Rowe was out there. And uh, that happens to the best of the defensive backs. We've seen it happen to Malcolm Butler in years past, actually early midseason last year. We've seen them go after a guy once you've got a couple on them. And it's a confidence game, man. Good players like Rowe, who played well in the Super Bowl. Let's not have that conversation again. <laughs> but that also played well throughout camp, and that was solid last week. Uh, you know, you have a couple get rolling on you. It's a little like baseball. You get in a slump. You get in a 10-hit ten, ten slump. You get in a, in a you know, a two a two road game slump. You get in there where you're 20 at bats in and you're having problems and you just need to sit, go back to the tee, 
work on your fundamentals and make it make it you know bring yourself back to square one. And I think that's probably where Roe was. They got on him. Need to go reconfigure things. Hopefully he's able to recapture it in this week of practice because he had a real nice camp and was looking to have a nice season. But uh, some rough stuff there in the game. Dante Hightower had a poor game. You know, I thought Dante was up and down, good stuff, bad stuff. You could point to both in the Houston game, but still generally the guy we remember. In this game, he, he, he just didn't get much done. Dove in a gaps he shouldn't have, didn't get much rush pressure. And again, everyone knows out there that I'm a big admirer of his game because his linebacker can watch what he does and watch how effective he usually is. Wasn't effective in this game. I, I made a negative comment on, on, on Twitter about Juwan Bentley, and he did miss one of these low crosser ones where I think he blew it, and I think that may have gotten him pulled. But I also had the impression that he was sort of having a day of struggling in coverage, and there weren't multiple. There was just a couple there. Well, that is multiple, but there weren't several, let's put it that way. So I, more of an up in the air about him. When when he had a couple bad ones, they took him out and looked like they just kind of settled that that would be it. Uh, defensive rush guys, Claiborne's got to be better, can't be upfield past the quarterback. Adam Butler, I think he just needs a bigger role. Why still playing at a high level needs to be used more. I, I think there has to be some frustration with what's going on with their two big defensive tackles. Just didn't get enough done on this day. It'll be something to, to monitor and, and watch as it goes forward. You've got to get more out of those inside guys. If you don't, you've got a problem with how the whole defense is going to work together. Now, Patrick Chung out with a concussion. That could be sort of a big trickle-down effect. Uh, I think a lot of people out there, someone tweeted me at, tweeted this at me, and I thought it was a great point. Look for T.C. Jackson. Let's see where that guy is at in his involvement. If you're having issues with guys who just aren't winning their one-on-ones, aren't winning their competitions enough, we saw enough out of him early, and, and he may have earned himself a chance, especially in that you know, there might be some shuffling on the back end because guys might be a little banged up. But I'd be curious to see if he gets involved this week. On the other side of the ball offensively, it's there. It just didn't click until too late in this particular game. Offensive line, Waddle didn't have a good day. He's usually really consistent, had a bad day on this day. It's a good front, but you got to hold up and you got to play better than they did. Even Trent Brown was up and down in a game where, where you know, missed on some of his run blocking, missed on some of his sort of pickup uh, in pass pro. I don't expect we'll see that again, but uh, the guard-to-guard stuff, too much pressure there. Tooney, Andrews, and, and Mason, who are usually so strong, had a, a less than their normal kind of game. And, you know, it just happens in the NFL. Can't have it happen again. Continue to practice. Go back to getting better uh, on the road to recovery, as they might call it. And you're back to where you need to be. Sony Michelle will get a longer look at him. The receiving crew needs to continue to take steps forward. Gronk usage needs to be back to where we expect it. And all of a sudden, they're the Patriots you expect. So, big deep breath, folks. <sighs> Everything's correctable. The biggest issues were execution, not who they've got. Uh, Take a deep breath. Enjoy this next week. Remember, it's a long season. Remember from all those championships and failed championships, uh, championship runs, excuse me, that the Patriots have over these last 18, 19 years, none of them have been settled in September. It's all about what you learn from those, how you respond to those, and we will be closely monitored here on the Real Thing Patriots podcast, How the Patriots Respond. Thanks for checking into the show. This can always be found on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Check it out on blogtalkradio.com. I tweet this thing out. It's up on iTunes if you want to subscribe that way to get it more frequently. I know, and one of the Twitter followers had mentioned, hey, get it up on Stitcher. At the time that I'm putting this out, I haven't done it yet. I apologize for that. But I'll look into that as time allows but thanks for checking in the show. This is the Real Thing Patriots podcast. I'm Matt Chatham. Go Patriots. I got some work to do. Bye-bye now. And, and have to face the coaching staff on this one. 
because you, as I the snip I put up on on my Twitter feed. So if you want to check that out at Chatham Fifty Eight, you'll see the clip where it's one of these low crossing routes, uh, and it's the crossing routes kind of coming from the far side, top of your screen if you're watching TV. Uh, Westbrook's coming across the formation low. He's coming behind the tight end who's up the field. But you have three defenders collapse and, and go towards this five-yard hook route on you know on a on an end down of like ten yards or something. Three people have grabbed the attention of this tight end on a short route, and no one covers the low crosser. So you just you know three on one that should be a lower priority route, and zero on the most important aspect that has actually killed you earlier in the game. And as I mentioned earlier, on the big interception, you, you've done better on it. So that's bad. It's just bad football. And uh, I think beyond just the easy completion that's embarrassing, then the effort after and the execution after downfield to get him out on the ground was poor. One of the defensive backs is along the sideline there. kind of just lets himself get turned. It should have been just an ugly first down. ends up being an ugly touchdown. So, yeah, those those plays suck. Yeah, you hope you could just scrub the internet of them and – Never have to go face him again, but you do, and hope you'll learn from him. So there's a lot of people on that play that that need to do better, and they'll get coached hard, and hopefully that kind of identical scenario never, ever, ever comes up again. And if it does, that's when jobs slide. <laughs> Other guys come up. If you're you're going to play it like that, then, then the, there's going to be a guy waiting behind you that can hopefully do it better, and typically does. Now, Patso series here. We're starting at like the seven-ish minute mark. It's 31-13. It's gotten ugly. Feels like it's potentially oh cell phone there in the background. Sorry about that, folks. Feels like it's potentially going to go the wrong way here, and you start to see really some of the Patriots' best offensive work, and that's going to be disappointing because you know they had they had moments that they didn't capitalize on early to extend drives to get into this stuff, and now you're down. You know, what looks to be an insurmountable part, but they score so quickly, it's that, wow, where was this earlier? And the one point I want to make here is that if, if you're watching this game and you're saying, wow, you know, Jacksonville by and large dominated the action up to this point. So maybe they're just letting off a little bit and playing some, you know, maybe the offensive success that happens here at 31 13 is more from prevent or something like that. I'm sure you heard that phrase. It really isn't, and here's why. Because Jacksonville runs what they run. They're right back into the exact same coverages and basic fronts. They were never really pressuring much before. They're just running what they run. So they're continuing to run what they run, and the Patriots have essentially cracked the code, figured out what works better, but they've just cracked it too late, or at least they've begun to execute too late. You get a nice run by Burkett, his nice run of the day, really good stuff there, 14-yarder breaks it off. Downfield in, cut the door set, big downfield completion. And again, sort of if you're – if your understanding or opinions on the on the on the day are that the issues were Dorsett and Hogan not getting open one on one enough, well, Hogan's got two touchdowns, both in one on one coverage. Uh, Dorsett has several of these downfield completed routes, not enough of them. Obviously, the offense never got going with you know consistently extending drives, but there are enough of these examples where these defensive backs, Boye, Ramsey, real good players, are out there, the ones in coverage near these guys, and they're popping open for completions, big plays. So it happened late, just didn't happen enough early on. Patterson screen here, big play, big, big play. One of the more impressive offensive plays of the day. Well-designed, well-executed. Patterson gets it out. It was like second and 16. I don't recall why it was backed up. 
but ends up getting 18 yards or something like that on the screen. Got in the hands of a guy who can make a play, makes a play, blocked well, designed well, good call. And then the very next play, and this is cool, this is cool offensive football, uh, Brady turns and looks to Patterson. He's just had the big screen play, sort of like a look off as if it's going to be a swing. They react just a little bit, safety cheats, and Hogan is off and going on an end cut, drills Hogan, big touchdown. So it's just like a bing, bang, boom. Wow, that's Patriots football. There you go. Now you're at 31-20. to Great drive. And Jacksonville, again, didn't change anything defensively. That wasn't against a pre- prevent defense. That was just finally getting things to click. Too late, though, unfortunately. So Pat's defense now here on the next thing. As I mentioned, that thing started at the seven-ish minute mark. And I know, obviously, Patriots fans are very disappointed with the the action to that point. But there was still a very good opportunity, as bad as things had been, to win this thing. But the Pat's D on the next series uh, really just sort of sealed the deal. And this is unfortunate. I'm not bad-mouthing the guy because I'm a big fan of Dietrich Wise. I think he's a very good player. He's got a bright future in this league. He's done some good things in his young career already. But this was a play where uh, an injury that he happened in play just affected the outcome. And it's just dumb luck. It's an outlier performance, as I like to call him. This is not something you'll ever see again this season, at least. Uh, They flushed the quarterback nicely. Now the rush has kind of started to pick up a little bit. Bortles steps right up into what would be uh, Dietrich Wise's gap, and the the rundown plays are what we've seen him do so well. His length, his athleticism, his ability to really chase those plays down. He's the guy who's right there. It's designed well to have him make the play, and it looks like he's broken something or dislocated something or banged up something. And the one guy who's in the hole that needs to be the one to make the play is the one that got hurt. And Bortles scrambles for a first down. And uh, the next one is really, the, and that's just like, oh, you know, that's a that's a nail in the coffin. And then here, kicking the coffin into the to the to the to the hole and piling dirt on it is is Corey Grant out in space. And again, I I started with the Corey Grant point. We'll end with a Corey Grant point. He makes three guys miss and ends the game. Um, just not a great day there for some of the guys that were involved trying to get him on the ground. So what that 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 concludes the game. Let's go with sort of the the takeaway thoughts here. I think defensively, if you're going down the list of guys who just had really bad days and are not going to have to pick it up and play better, I think Eric Rowe obviously had a rough go. Uh, and although he was tight on those two early completions and they were still fit in there, after giving up the tight completions, then he was not tight to several routes. And they just started to feed Cole, knowing that, that Rowe was out there. And uh, that happens to the best of the defensive backs. We've seen it happen to Malcolm Butler in years past, actually early midseason last year. We've seen them go after a guy once you've got a couple on them. And it's a confidence game, man. Good players like Rowe, who played well in the Super Bowl. Let's not have that conversation again. But that also played well throughout camp, and that was solid last week. Uh, You know, you have a couple get rolling on you. It's a little like baseball. You get in a slump. You get in a 10-hit slump. You get in a a, a 2 a two road game slump. You get in there where you're 20 at bats in and you're having problems and you just need to sit, go back to the tee, work on your fundamentals and make it, make it, you know, bring yourself back to square one. And I think that's probably where Roe was. They got on him, need to go reconfigure things. Hopefully he's able to recapture it in this week of practice because he had a real nice camp and was looking to have a nice season. But uh, some rough stuff there in the game. Dante Hightower had a poor game. You know, I thought Dante was up and down, good stuff, bad stuff. You could point to both in the Houston game, but still generally the guy we remember. In this game, he, he, he just didn't get much done. Dove in a gaps he shouldn't have, didn't get much rush pressure. 
And again, everyone knows out there that I'm a big admirer of his game because his linebacker can watch what he does and watch how effective he usually is. Wasn't effective in this game. I, I made a negative comment on, on, on Twitter about Juwan Bentley, and he did miss one of these low crosser ones where I think he blew it, and I think that may have gotten him pulled. But I also had the impression that he was sort of having a day of struggling in coverage, and there weren't multiple. There was just a couple there. Well, that is multiple, but there weren't several, let's put it that way. So I, more of an up in the air about him. When when he had a couple bad ones, they took him out and looked like they just kind of settled that that would be it. Uh, defensive rush guys, Claiborne's got to be better, can't be upfield past the quarterback. Adam Butler, I think he just needs a bigger role. Wise still playing at a high level needs to be used more. I think there has to be some frustration with what's going on with their two big defensive tackles. Just didn't get enough done on this day. It'll be something to, to monitor and, and watch as it goes forward. You've got to get more out of those inside guys. If you don't, you've got a problem with how the whole defense is going to work together. Now, Patrick Chung out with a concussion. That could be sort of a big trickle-down effect. Uh, I think a lot of people out there, someone tweeted, me at, tweeted this at me, and I thought it was a great point. Look for T.C. Jackson. Let's see where that guy is at in his involvement. If you're having issues with guys who just – aren't winning their one-on-ones, aren't winning their competitions enough. We saw enough out of him early, and, and he may have earned himself a chance, especially in that you know, there might be some shuffling on the back end because guys might be a little banged up. But I'd be curious to see if he gets involved this week. On the other side of the ball offensively, it's there. It just didn't click until too late in this particular game. Offensive line, Waddle didn't have a good day. He's usually really consistent, had a bad day on this day. It's a good front, but you got to hold up and you got to play better than they did. Even Trent Brown was up and down in a game where, where you know, missed on some of his run blocking, missed on some of his sort of pickup uh, in pass pro. I don't expect we'll see that again, but uh, the guard-to-guard stuff, too much pressure there. Tooney, Andrews, and, and Mason, who are usually so strong, had a, a less than their normal kind of game, and, you know, it just happens in the NFL. Can't have it happen again. Continue to practice. Go back to getting better uh, on the road to recovery, as they might call it. And you're back to where you need to be. Sony Michelle will get a longer look at him. The receiving crew needs to continue to take steps forward. Gronk usage needs to be back to where we expect it. And all of a sudden, they're the Patriots you expect. So, big deep breath, folks. <sighs> Everything's correctable. The biggest issues were execution, not who they've got. Uh, take a deep breath. Enjoy this next week. Remember, it's a long season. Remember from all those championships and failed championships, uh, championship runs, excuse me, that the Patriots have over these last 18, 19 years, none of them have been settled in September. It's all about what you learn from those, how you respond to those, and we will be closely monitored here on the Real Thing Patriots podcast, How the Patriots Respond. Thanks for checking into the show. This can always be found on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Check it out on blogtalkradio.com. I tweet this thing out. It's up on iTunes if you want to subscribe that way to get it more frequently. I know, and one of the Twitter followers had mentioned, hey, get it up on Stitcher. At the time that I'm putting this out, I haven't done it yet. I apologize for that. But I'll look into that as time allows. But thanks for checking in the show. This is the Real Thing Patriots podcast. I'm Matt Chatham. Go Patriots. I got some work to do. Bye-bye now. It's there. It just didn't click until too late in this particular game. Offensive line, Waddle didn't have a good day. He's usually really consistent, had a bad day on this day. It's a good front, but you got to hold up and you got to play better than they did. Even Trent Brown was up and down in a game where, where you know, missed on some of his run blocking, missed on some of his sort of pickup uh, in pass pro. I don't expect we'll see that again, but uh, the guard-to-guard stuff, too much pressure there. Tooney, Andrews, and, and Mason, who are usually so strong, had a, a less than their normal 
kind of game. And, you know, it just happens in the NFL. Can't have it happen again. Continue to practice. Go back to getting better uh, on the road to recovery, as they might call it. And you're back to where you need to be. Sony Michelle will get a longer look at him. The receiving crew needs to continue to take steps forward. Gronk usage needs to be back to where we expect it. And all of a sudden, they're the Patriots you expect. So, big deep breath, folks. <sighs> Everything's correctable. The biggest issues were execution, not who they've got. Uh, take a deep breath. Enjoy this next week. Remember, it's a long season. Remember from all those championships and failed championships, uh, championship runs, excuse me, that the Patriots have over these last 18, 19 years, none of them have been settled in September. It's all about what you learn from those, how you respond to those, and we will be closely monitored here on the Real Thing Patriots podcast, How the Patriots Respond. Thanks for checking into the show. This can always be found on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Check it out on blogtalkradio.com. I tweet this thing out. It's up on iTunes if you want to subscribe that way to get it more frequently. I know, and one of the Twitter followers had mentioned, hey, get it up on Stitcher. At the time that I'm putting this out, I haven't done it yet. I apologize for that. But I'll look into that as time allows But thanks for checking into the show. This is the Real Thing Patriots podcast. I'm Matt Chatham. Go Patriots. They got some work to do. Bye-bye now. And one of the Twitter followers had mentioned, hey, get it up on Stitcher. At the time that I'm putting this out, I haven't done it yet. I apologize for that. But I'll look into that as time allows. But thanks for checking into the show. This is the Real Thing Patriots podcast. I'm Matt Chatham. Go Patriots. They got some work to do. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to the Football by Football podcast. Football insight by football players. Hi, Lucky. Hi, Dusty. Good night, Ned. Good night, Ned. Good night, Ned.